Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Venite, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved for this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 17 on page 358. Hear the right, O Lord, consider my complaint, and hearken unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence, and let thine eyes look upon the thing that is equal. Thou hast proved and visited mine heart in the night season. Thou hast tried me and shalt find no wickedness in me, for I am utterly purposed that my mouth shall not offend. As for the works of men, by the word of thy lips I have kept me from the ways of the destroyer. O hold thou up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, O God, for thou shalt hear me, Incline thine ear to me, and hearken unto my words. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, thou that art the Savior of them which put their trust in thee, whom such as resist thy right hand. Keep me as the apple of an eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. From the ungodly that, that trouble me, mine enemies compass me round about to take away my soul. They are enclosed in their own fat, and their mouth speaketh proud things. They lie waiting in our way on every side, watching to cast us down to the ground. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, 
and as it were a lion's whelp lurking in secret places. Up, Lord, disappoint him and cast him down. Deliver my soul from the ungodly by thine own sword. Yea, by thy hand, O Lord, from the men of the evil world, which had their portion in this life, whose bellies thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They have children at their desire, and leave the rest of their substance for their babes. But as for me, I shall behold thy presence in righteousness, and when I awake up after thy likeness, I shall be satisfied. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 16th chapter of the second book of Samuel. When David was a little past the top of the mountain, there was Ziba, the servant of Meshibaveth, who met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred clusters of raisins, one hundred summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What do you mean to do with these? So Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, And where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will, will restore the kingdom of my father to me. So the king said to Ziba, Here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you, that I might find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. Now when King David came to Behurim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out, cursing continuously as he came, and he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shimei said thus when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil, because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please, let me go over and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son who came from my own body seeks my life. How much more now may this, ben this Benjamite let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction, and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside opposite him and cursed, at, cursed as he went, threw stones at him and kicked up dust. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, and they refreshed themselves there. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. And so it was when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, 
that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so will I be in your presence. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious stone of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Here begins the third chapter of the second book of Corinthians. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of condemnation, commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are uh, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. You are manifestly an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, <clears throat> we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were hardened. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now when the Lord is spirit, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises through the merit of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, 
who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We focus on our Old Testament lesson today on this uh, Shimei who comes to curse David and the whole march of, of David out of Jerusalem here has a kind of correspondence with, um, you know, the, the way of the cross that Jesus walks on Good Friday where he's being taunted by, by people as he goes to die for our sins. And the juxtaposition of David, who is the sinner who is now a penitent, and the son of David, our Lord, who will die for his and all of our sins. And so David is in this... Um, uh, seeing here the, the sort of the model of the perfect penitent, and this is sometimes missed in the David story that, um, you know, we know that he was the man after God's own heart, and then he has this catastrophic fall, but that's emblematic of the human condition where we all have this sin that, that besets us and that we fall into. And so David here, as he endures the taunts and, um, Again, the remarkable uh, character of someone who has his um, soldiers, these are guys who are really used to killing people, uh, right with him. And as this really no account guy starts yelling at him from the hill, uh, it would be very tempting for any of us to, yeah, go cut his head off. But David uh, doesn't do that. He's accepting the, the consequence of what he's done. And um, this, this kind of framework of this is picked up in our psalm today where, and you know, the, the psalms are, are sort of the psalms of David, but this setting of being under affliction, trusting God for his vindication, enduring patiently what comes upon us as we wait for God to act. That's sort of the tone and tenor of, of the psalms where, you know, Psalm 17, 2 says, let, let my sentence come forth from thy presence and let thine eye look upon the thing that is equal, the thing that is just. So David's not going to take justice in his own hands. He's going to wait for God to, 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 to judge. And, but it, and the scene is reminiscent, verse 9, from the ungodly that trouble me, my, mine enemies compass me round about to take away my soul. He's surrounded by enemies here, just as our Lord was surrounded you know, on the way to the cross, and David will endure. And and as with David and, and our Lord, God will ultimately vindicate both. David's going to come back to the kingship, and and Jesus will be vindicated in, in the resurrection. What we note here about this in the spiritual life is that this has this um, sense of what, of what the New Testament calls chastening. The Epistle to the Hebrews says... Um, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. And what, what the difference between sort of discipline and what is called chastening versus punishment, that in the Christian life when we suffer, it's not because God is punishing us uh, for the wrong done to take a pound of flesh because that justice, our, our sin has been forgiven through the cross. But what it is is that we experience the natural consequences of our actions our, our motives are purified, 
we learn, we learn, oh, this is what this leads to. I don't, we learn not to want that. We learn to, to purify our hearts so we are more resolute in doing the good. So that the point of chastening is to help us grow and purify um, our hearts, not to punish us. Punishment is for those who are not forgiven. And so this is a very important thing that David picks up. David will be chastened and then restored. And as we endure our seasons of chastening, you know, we, got, we look forward to God's vindication. And it connects to the New Testament lesson. We, we, we get a little hint of what's happening with St. Paul here, where he says, do we, do we need letters of commendation for you? Sometimes in the ancient world, when teachers came, they'd have a letter of recommendation, you know, like a Jewish teacher here. I've got a letter from the synagogue in Jerusalem saying, saying I'm, I'm the guy. And so some of the competitors to St. Paul in Corinth had, uh, you know, letters that said they were somebody. And St. Paul kind of plays on this to say, do we need these? He says, you are our letter. Um, and he, here he's going to play off between the way that God gave the, the commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai, what he wrote uh, on tablets, and now the New Covenant and the Spirit, which St. Paul has written on the hearts. So he says, you are our letter because we brought to you the gospel, and through our ministration came the Spirit, and the Spirit is at work in you, and what the Spirit is doing in you is our letter of condemnation, our commendation, where it shows that what we're doing is valid. And, the, the, and then there's this juxtaposition between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It doesn't mean, as sometimes is inferred, that that you know the letter of you know the the the, the actual meaning of the commandment isn't isn't as important as the spirit. The letter is the the law or Torah by itself kills because this is a fundamental New Testament thing. It um, reveals our sin, but the Holy Spirit then once that letter of the law brings us to repentance, the Holy Spirit then ministers forgiveness <clears throat> and gives us life, brings us back to raises us from from the dead. And, and so this is the, the, the fundamental Christian um, pattern that um, we, we are being changed by, first of all, the verdict of the law, which reveals our sin and leads us to penitence, to repentance, like David is doing on his, on his march out of Jerusalem, and it brings us to seasons of repentance. And then through the ministration of the Spirit, we are forgiven and we learn and grow, we're raised up to new life, and we grow in this sense of glory, which sometimes is not seen outwardly, but it's working inwardly in the heart to, to change us into the image of God. And so that's sort of the framework of the Christian life that's picked up here, that the, the sense of, of patiently waiting for God to judge, not taking matters into our own hands, but understanding that God will vindicate us, and God will work his will within us in our hearts and so we patiently wait for that and that's that's sort of the epitome of of the of the spiritual life so a few uh thoughts about today's lessons today is our day of prayer and fasting for mission uh, we'll continue uh, now with our prayer with the prayer for mission on page 38 of the prayer book let us pray O God, who has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the whole earth, 
and to send thy blessed Son to preach peace to them that are far off and to them that are nigh. Grant that all men everywhere may seek after thee and find thee. Bring the nations into thy fold. Pour out thy Spirit upon all flesh and hasten thy kingdom to the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Together, the general thanksgiving on page 19. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. We'll pause for a moment for people to offer their personal prayers, then we'll close with the prayer of St. Chrysostom in the Grace on page 20. Almighty God, who has given us grace time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and dost promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, that will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come life everlasting. Amen. Grace for our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all for prayer today. Have a, Thank you. Have a great Thank Wednesday. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, kiddos.